Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine, and this is episode 112. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. Later on, Alex meets Toshio Takahashi, also known as the Vegetable Whisperer, to talk about his particular style of Japanese cooking and mindfulness. But first, I caught up with food writer Genevieve Taylor to find out all about wood-fired oven cooking and how, with the right equipment, anyone can do it. Okay, so I'm here this week with Genevieve Taylor. Hello. Olive regular. (laughs) And now wood-fired oven expert. She's written um, a new piece in the magazine this month. um, And it's all about wood-fired oven cooking. And basically it's because you went and built your own wood-fired oven, didn't you? I did, yeah. Tell us about that. It sounds like a crazy, crazy plan that took you... Well, it is a bit of a crazy plan. But, we, you know, I've always cooked outside and done books about cooking outside and barbecues and that sort of thing. And, And building a wood oven felt like the ne- next natural step for yeah. me so started to find a builder who could help me build it couldn't find a builder who would touch <laughs> the project why not i think because in building terms it's like a really titchy pathetic little job okay, that they can't so be bothered not... with so we built it ourselves and it, i have to say it was pretty hard because I, <laughs> I first became aware of it on yeah. your instagram feed yeah. where you were like i've been in the garden for 17 hours yeah. digging because you had to dig foundations we had to and... dig the foundations i had to sort of sledgehammer up the yeah. old slabs <laughs> and you know it was really physical and um and we made a little youtube film we filmed the whole building in sort of um, time lapse that's on my YouTube channel. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay, so people so, can go off and so see that. So you can go and see me with yeah. a sledgehammer. But yeah, no, really hard work, and um, but so rewarding. Yeah. But you decided that you wanted a permanent thing because that's what worked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had we had a little corner in the garden next to the chickens, <laughs> chickens <laughs> shed. This is sounding like the good life. It I is love a it. bit like that. Um, and and I wanted to fill it with some something useful, and yeah. I wanted to build an oven there. Yeah. yeah cool and so it, it literally took you a couple of months it took so. a couple of months of weekends oh weekends yeah okay. pretty intensive yeah but but as you said in your new book you don't have to have a giant garden or a huge no. amount of space to do it do you or you don't have to spend two months doing it no not at all I mean I chose to do that because I had this corner in the garden that I wanted to fill and I wanted to build something permanent there yeah. but you know I've also got a portable wood-fired oven okay that you can sort of take around so is it portable as in you can actually carry it between yeah. a couple of people or yeah yeah yeah. no even one person really? it's sort of got things that you can you know put tile um, the bricks in it the, the heat heat bricks go in it and then you take them out and it's quite light you know oh, and that that is literally will will get to a yeah. reasonable heat as well it gets totally gets to pizza heat wow yeah yeah oh, that's really quickly as well yeah um so there's so you've got a built-in i've got a built-in it's a brick oven it looks like a sort of classic kind of italian domed yeah, pizza that oven thing, hasn't yeah it? But then the portable ones would be the kind of metal. The portable ones, they're kind of sleek and metal. Mine's an Uni Pro. Yeah. Um, they're sort of sleek metal things. And I think you said as well that's quite handy for um, 
if you just did want to do like pizzas, it would it would get hot, but then yeah. you can cool it down quite quickly. It again. does cool quickly. Yeah, it. yeah, so it, it, it cools down quite quickly. So what you can't do in those that you can do in the big ones are the sort of low and slow cooking. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because well, that was one of the things that I found really fascinating about your your article and yeah. your book is um, you did this whole timeline about how it's not just pizza. You literally start cooking when the oven gets to, what yeah. was it, 400? About four, 400, 350 yeah. Celsius but then, is pizza temperature. Yeah, pizza. And, but yeah. then you've still got another 12 hours of cooking. Pretty much, or even 24, <laughs> you know, one really? fire in my oven, I can cook in it for 24, even a little bit longer hours oh it's, um, because it's really well insulated. And I think, um, I mean, what the, the the way the book is ordered is by descending temperature. Oh. So, you know, 90% of people buy these things or build these things so they can cook pizza because yeah. it will make the best pizza literally you have ever eaten. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so worth it just for that. <laughs> but then once you've got your fire yeah. and you've got your temperature, you can cook in it for so, so long afterwards. So the idea behind the book was that you use that falling temperature ah. to make the most of the fuel and the energy. So you're, you're making pizza and then you're saying you can do, obviously, quick roasts, Yeah, kebabs, so it's roasts and kebabs really, that and really kind of hot, searing kind of yeah. shellfish and that kind of thing. And then from there, it kind of falls a bit lower to kind of baking temperature. Oh, yeah, so bread, bread yeah. and kind of rolls and puddings. Um, and then sort of slightly slower roasted meats, yeah. you know, that might take four hours instead so of just a couple think of like hours. anything slow cooking. A bit slower, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then once you've finished all of that, you know, you've basically got yourself a giant slow cooker <laughs> that you can slide stuff into and leave it for kind of twelve hours. Because you said you've made like really slow cooked porridge as well. Yeah, overnight things. porridge, pavlova. I've done a sort of meringue in it. <laughs> That's really it's experiment. Insane. How was it? it? Great. Really? Yeah. Did it not kind of no. jar on one side? No. <laughs> no, because when you're cook, when you're baking, yeah. you, you're using it like an oven, so you have to wait till the temperature's really even throughout, so there's mm. no flame in there when you're baking. No. You're just sort of using the absorbed heat in the bricks that then radiates out and does the cooking So the nice thing about that is, like, eco-wise, it's amazingly, yeah. like, you know, friendly it, in terms of, like, that energy that you've created with your initial fire. Yeah is then yeah. going to be cooking a multitude of dishes yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, what I found um, when I was writing the book is that you just get you just get a massive respect for the for the wood, really, and the yeah. energy that you've created. Yeah. You know, you light this fire with kind of nine logs or whatever, and then and then you can cook at it for such a long time. And it so, must be so much satisfaction yeah. from creating all of that stuff. Every last <laughs> drop of energy. And what do you do, like, invite 100 people around? Yeah. Or have you got a big freezer? I've got a big freezer, yeah. but there's always people to feed. Yeah. There's neighbours, there's friends. No, absolutely. There's love dogs. That. You know, what, we all get um, fed. So, what what is the type of fuel that fuel that people would be using? Then, well, lots of yeah, I mean, a really a really sort of top tip if you've got a wood burning oven is to burn um, really dry kiln dried wood. Okay. Low moisture content um, because that will burn very hot, very efficiently. You don't get smoke because you don't want to be creating any extra smoke that goes into the environment. So really dry timber burns very cleanly. And it's efficient as well. And it's efficient and you won't get frustrated by damp, smoky wood that never gets up to the temperature you want it to so get up to. So maybe isn't a time when you should be going in the forest foraging for... Because no. it's not really the right stuff not, to burn. No, not really. Or, or even, you know, garage forecourt logs. They won't right. They won't really cut it in a wood oven. Yeah. I mean, you could light them and you'd 
be able to cook, but it would be frustrating yeah. and they're not so clean to burn. Because and I think you said your temperature won't be right, so then you'll get frustrated yeah, and possibly abandoned. Exactly, and kind of give up. Yeah. yeah, so definitely kiln dried. The other thing I burn often is um, they're kind of compressed sawdust eco okay. logs because they're a brilliant... Well, they're a byproduct They're a brilliant yeah. byproduct of the timber industry. Yeah. And it's just sawdust that they squash together under tremendous pressure to yeah. make a kind of log. And then you can so that burn takes that. a while to like burn. It off burns and... really slowly. It burns very hot, very clean. Again, no smoke. Yeah. So with all of this heat and fire going on, yeah. got to be safety first. Yes, yeah, safety girl first. Guides. Um, let's talk about some of the specialist equipment because a lot of it is basically there to stop you frying your fingers, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, this, you get super, super hot temperatures in here, and um, you're going to need. Um, something to protect your hands yeah. and also up your arms so i use a kind of welder's gauntlet i've got a pair of welder's gauntlets they're um, pretty there's a picture of them in the magazine and they're kind they're of pretty big fierce leather yeah. kind of gloves and really irritatingly yeah. they only come in sort of giant man sizes shocking because they must Seriously. only be sort of big big women don't weld no, Genevieve. i don't think they do i don't do this so that's really right. frustrating um but you need something like that yeah. to protect your hands. Okay. And then tell me about the peels, because I love these, because these are like the classic. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you've probably seen them in pizza restaurants, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But they're not just for pizza. So you use the wooden one to make your pizza on, your raw pizza, yeah. so with the dough, because the wood is um, more gentle with raw dough. Oh, okay. So you flour it really well, and then you make your pizza on the board, and then sort of shove it into the oven, yeah. which is just sort of sh so it's like shove a bit, it off. It's like a large chopping board with a really, yeah. really Long really handle. long handled, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you need another peel, which is a um, a metal, metal one, one, and that's what you turn the pizza when it's oh, cooking with. Okay. Um, and what you pull the pizza out. And you with. also, I think you say you also use the metal peel for like m moving dishes around yeah, as well if you want to move moving it a pots and pans around and that sort of thing, and and also moving the fire around because you want to, okay. you know, when you've lit the fire in the middle of the oven. Um, you want to sort of move it around the oven a little bit so it creates oh, a really even heat okay. and across the base and That's the good. roof and the dome and that sort of thing. Where did you learn all of this stuff? Well, or just, just sort of reading, reading around it Reading and around, just having a go, you know, yeah. getting stuck in. So literally, yeah. how long do you think it took you to sort of get the, the meat of what you were doing and get better and... I mean, you just wrote a, a book about it. <laughs> yeah, like a month or so, really? probably. I mean, but, you know, cooking on it all the time. And then, on it. and then doing the research for the book. And then I wrote the book in like two or three months. It yeah. was a pretty quick turnaround. Really but it was literally... We didn't eat anything if it didn't come out of the oven yeah. for three months. How was it was your like, family like it was like breakfast, lunch, dinner, <laughs> everything came out I don't of the know, oven. I mean, pizza for breakfast, not really. Nobody that. was, you know, it's porridge, lots yeah. of porridge. But you said one of your favourite uh, bits of equipment is um, a length of copper pipe, which is so basic. But like, yeah. I love that. So um, when I was just starting out with this, I went to a pizza restaurant in Bristol called Flower and Ash. They make really lovely pizzas, and they yeah. were so sort of generous and helpful with their oh, advice. Really? And he said this is the best bit of kit <laughs> get a copper pipe yeah. you know which we had kicking around the loft anyway from yeah. when we did the plumbing um just sort of bash the end of it to make a little sort of slightly narrower gap mm. and then you've got a blow pipe and then you oh you, so, so you can, use it to um so, so you blow the use it to blow the ash off the floor of the oven so oh. you can put pizza and bread directly on the oven yeah. floor and it's clean yeah but also just to give it a little puff of air to kind of if the fire's being a bit lazy yeah, just, just to, to get it started it up. yeah it's great so it's like brilliant. really basic super 
useful, yeah, our favourite type of equipment. Useful. No, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah and it's kind of got, upcycling. I think you've also got a little thing that we used to use at school to open windows. <laughs> That's what it reminds me yeah, of. Yes, a sash. It's like a sash, sash window, window hook. hook thing. Yeah. And we stuck it on the end of a broom pole. <laughs> it's like a hook on a pole, yeah. basically. And I use that for dragging kind of pots and pans in yeah. and out or dishes, roasting tins, yeah. that sort of thing. Have you burned yourself? Yeah, yeah lots. Have you? I did. And I lost, my, I lost my eyelashes as oh well. I come back now, but they, about six weeks I had Hair no eyelashes. Forearms? Yeah. Got any? Just about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you burn marks. <laughs> but I think that's just part of, you know... It's em it. embracing the fire. Yeah. So tell us, the book is called Wood, The Ultimate Wood-Fired Oven Cookbook. It is brilliant. And also, apart from all of this fantastic information, of which we've taken a tiny part to um, showcase in Olive Magazine this month, it's got loads of great recipes in it. Yeah, so loads of recipes. And hopefully lots of really practical tips about mm. how to make these how ovens to tackle work. Them, yeah, what yeah. to use, yeah. everything like that. Yeah. Brilliant. And then um, you've got a bit of a festival summer coming up. I Tell, tell us where you'll be in case yeah, people are going to be there. I'm going around all sorts of places to do some cooking, not just in wood ovens, but kind of general outside barbecue stuff, fire pits, grilling, Dutch ovens, or, you yeah. know, all that outside stuff. And cool. I'm going to be um, at Port Elliot in a couple of weeks Brilliant. in Cornwall. Yeah. And then Shambhala Festival in Northampton in August, mid-August, I think. And yeah. then um, Abergavenny Food Festival yeah. and also Meetopia in London. I'm going to be doing a demo Amazing. there and Ludlow Food Festival oh, as well. Oh, you're going to go to Ludlow? Yeah. Oh. yeah, so I'm having a busy summer. Ludlow, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, well, get down there to see Jen. Go check out the book, The Ultimate yeah. Wood-Fired Oven by Genevieve Taylor. And thank you very much for it's talking a pleasure. to us today. Thank you. Hello, it's Alex here, and I'm at Carousel in Marleybone with Toshio Tanahashi, the vegetable whisperer who is seriously devoted to vegetables. So Toshio is an advocate and world leader in the art of Shojin Ryori cuisine, an ancient style of Buddhist cooking introduced into the Japanese monasteries by the Chinese in the 7th century. Mm. So Toshio, can you tell us a bit more about this spiritual cuisine? Yes, uh, Shojin cuisine is very... Old and traditional uh, in Japan, but uh, it's from uh, China uh, once upon a time in 17th century. And uh, after that, uh, the uh, Dogen Zenji, the Zen master, um, uh, introduced uh, this cuisine from, Japan, from China. Very, very uh, uh, useful for Japanese cuisine, and, and this is a uh, found and uh, the basic of Japanese cuisine. Uh, Dogen uh, taught uh, monks and people how to cook, how to eat um, with uh, uh, mind. Yeah. With their mind. mind. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Not also only technique. Yes. Yes. So it's very spiritual and yeah, it's all about meditation, spirit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And um, you don't use machinery, do you, mm -hmm. or electricity in your cooking? Yeah. So what equipment do you use? Yes. Uh, the main uh, equipment is uh, the um, grinding ball or a motor. Yes. Mm, with a stick. Like yes. a pestle and this, water. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is uh, very important for cooking shoujin uh, because uh, the, it takes a long time by hand 
no, uh, so we enjoy the cooking, uh, and uh, this is just a, a meditation while cooking. Yes. So uh, the grinding bowl, uh, normally uh, grinding the sesame, it is very nice uh, smell yes. and a good sound and very uh, calm uh, circumstance. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, people enjoy the uh, mindfulness. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is very therapeutic. I find it very therapeutic therapeutic whenever I'm using a pestle and mortar because you yeah. know you can bash it out if you, if you need yeah, if you've yeah, got any yeah, stress yeah, yeah. but then also yeah this that is make a circle action yeah yes. this is very important so then uh, the then uh, to make a circle it is a symbol of uh, Zen uh, Buddhism ah. yeah and so it's it same to mine uh, for peace I think. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. And um, so you said in an interview with The Telegraph mm -hmm. that when you visit any country, the first mm -hmm. thing you do mm -hmm. is go to the market to say hello to the vegetables, which is a lovely, no. lovely thing. <laughs> and um, so is there any particular reason oh, why yes. you do this? <laughs> uh, I love vegetables, of course. So uh, for me, the vegetables are... Uh, everything for me and uh, looks like a god and, and uh, plants uh, and gave, uh, gives us uh, everything. For example, foods, air and the green view and flowers and everything for uh, people uh, to live uh, better. So if there is no vegetables or plants, we cannot live more. Yeah, yeah. agreed. This is the truth principle of uh, life, I think. Yeah, it's so, very true. And for me, the uh, focus to the to focus to the vegetables and then plants. This is very important to be peaceful and healthy mindfulness and mm -hmm. ecology. <laughs> so you go yeah. to pay your respects to the, yeah. to the plants yes. and vegetables yes. when you visit uh, any yes. country? Yes, I devote to the vegetables, mm -hmm. yes. So um, as you say that vegetables are your, like your gods and mm. um, you cook um, with vegetables in season, mm -hmm. I've got a very tricky question for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is your favorite vegetable to cook with at the moment in the UK? So when you came oh. to London to do your residency, mm. were there any particular vegetables that mm. sang to you mm. and really mm -hmm. stood out? Yes. Um, it is a very difficult question to answer. Only one vegetables to uh, it's like choosing yeah. between your, favorite, your children, isn't it? Which is your favorite child? <laughs> yes, it's same. So, Sorry. Yeah, don't worry. But uh, when I came uh, this time uh, to the uh, market, big uh, supplier, uh, grocery supplier, mm -hmm. uh, it, it is very nice uh, present uh, I met. So... He introduced me the many, many kinds of vegetables in UK. 
So I was very surprised and I was very uh, exciting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So to see the uh, each vegetables, hello and <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> so and I'm um, so uh, I found uh, this time the uh, almost vegetables from UK. Not on not. Uh, not only uh, imported, but mm -hmm. uh, almost uh, from UK. Uh, I'm very happy to cook um, UK vegetables. And which is your favorite? Oh, <laughs> if you, you can oh. have three if you want. Oh, I like uh, this. This time, this season is uh, tomato and uh, mm -hmm. eggplant. Aubergine. Eggplant, yeah. yeah. We call it aubergine in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eggplant yeah. in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, so in summer, it's uh, just a season of the uh, fruit of the trees. Mm -hmm. So, uh, tomato and uh, beans and uh, eggplant are all fruits. Yes. Yeah. So this is a just good season. Great, for so them. they've got yeah. plenty of sunshine as well. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, hot, yeah, isn't yeah, it, yeah. at the moment? Yeah, good for health. Yes. yes. And um, are there any particular Japanese vegetables that mm. you wouldn't find in the UK that we should uh, look out for and try when we go on our travels? Uh-huh. Uh, so almost uh, vegetables are now very popular, but... Uh, uh, some mushrooms is very different. Um, for example, the shimeji. Shimeji. Yeah, this is a uh, uh, mushrooms. Now it is uh, very popular uh, in any countries. But uh, the wild mushrooms in Japan, uh, matsutake and the shimeji. Matsutake. Matsutake. And the shimeji. It's very, very rare and very expensive ah. and good smell, good taste. Where so, do you find those in Japan? Oh, Any particular region? In the uh, deep forest <laughs> mm. we can find, but uh, very, very difficult. Okay, no, no. so it's yeah. almost like a truffle. Yeah, yeah, you know, like truffle. Yes, yes. 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 Okay, so if we see those on a menu, oh, yeah. we should snap them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and any other vegetables? I like watermelon, and it's very popular in Europe. Yes. Uh, but uh, it's almost the same. But uh, style and uh, uh, the quality is a little different. Okay, mm. in Japan? Yes, yes. How is it different? Oh, very sweet in Japan. Okay. Yeah. I don't like sweet, uh, too much sweet. But uh, so I like uh, UK watermelon. And do you use um, watermelon in your desserts? No, I like uh, cook uh, dishes um, with uh, um, um, fruit. With, sorry? Fruit. Roots. Yeah, watermelon or figs. Ah, and fruit, sorry. Uh, peach. Yes. Yes, I often use uh, uh, fruits for cooking. Ah, okay, yeah. in your savoury dishes and yeah, your yeah, sweet yeah, dishes. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually got, um, we're in the garden of Carousel and there's a little 
watermelon <laughs> face. Someone's carved a mask out of a watermelon, <laughs> and it's very lovely. And yes. I expect that his insides are being used for your menu, aren't mm. they? <laughs> mm. So um, I'm sure um, everyone's going to enjoy that. I cooked the risotto, risotto uh, with rice. Uh, risotto. Risotto, yes. Ah. And with this watermelon. So risotto with watermelon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yes. Wow. It's, <laughs> cool. It's the first time to cook for me. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be really I unique. I had uh, inspired when I watched this melon, watermelon. Yes. So I had inspired. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm glad our watermelons have inspired you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, if, if you'd like to try Toshio's cooking, then mm. um, he's hosting a very special mm -hmm. vegetable-led dinner at mm. Carousel in Marlebone until tomorrow, so the mm. Saturday, the 28th of July. Mm. So um, do inquire and book in before the last spaces fill up because there are a few spaces left, but mm. only a few. So, um, yeah, but thanks so much for speaking to us. It's been Thank fascinating to learn about your meditative and spiritual way of cooking yeah. and your devotion to vegetables oh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> so thank you very much thank you very much so that was the olive magazine podcast if you like this episode please head over to itunes and leave a review we'd really love to hear from you for more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com you can still pick up a copy of our july issue now or you can go and download the app version bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat